Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the new Fantasy Six Pack podcast, hosted uh, now on the so-called Fantasy Experts um, podcast station channel. I don't know exactly what you call it on on Blog Talk Radio here, uh, but we are very happy to be here. Uh, sorry for the late start; I had a little technical difficulties getting on, um, so I am calling in on my phone instead of Skype like I usually do. Um, I think I think Travis, uh, who does the podcast on on Wednesdays, jinx the station here, and uh, it just has technical technical difficulties all around because I never have on mine, but um, I seem to have a lot on, you know, already had some here. So, but anyway, uh, glad to be here. Uh, if if you want to go ahead and call into the the show during it, go ahead, and we will be glad to take your call um, to chime in during any any of the conversations we are having. My co-host here, AJ Applegarth, what's going on, man? Hey, how are you? Hey, good. Um, just introducing ourselves to the so-called fantasy experts people, um, listeners here. Um, so a little bit about myself. Uh, I am the founder of FantasySixPack.net and also the content manager here at Fantasy uh, at So-Called Fantasy Experts. Uh, AJ has been writing. He, he used to write for Fantasy Six Pack, but has now just converted over to podcast co-host. So that's where we are at here. Um, AJ, you want to add anything else? No, it pretty much covers it. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, so anyway, let's just, let's get into things here. Uh, a little bit of a rocky start here, kind of you know with technical difficulties. I'm I'm kind of rambling, so let's uh, let's just get going here. So wanted to give everybody a little bit of an update on the fantasy six pack baseball league playoffs. I believe Mr. Trash Talker over here has been eliminated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep, so quite a disappointment. No, yeah, so we will not be having the uh the the all podcast finals like he expected. Um I think you got you got asked to six to four, but I don't know if it was really all that close in the category that you lost in, so not really. I mean I was pretty much destined to lose whip and uh an ERA, which I've pretty much lost every matchup this year. Um <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, I actually ended up having a pretty good ERA for the week. It was like two point for two weeks. It was like two points on yeah. that thing, which is pretty solid Save, for two straight weeks. Saves and holds kind of has also been a little bit of the bane of my existence in this league this year, um, hence my name of punting saves. But that kind of that kind of blew me out too. He he got up pretty big on me in that, and I didn't really have enough firepower to to get back to even close on that one. Um, But, yeah, I mean, offensive categories, we were kind of back and forth a little bit. But, yeah, it is what it is. I'm I'm not too worried about it. I mean, I I was kind of happy to to get to the coin toss tiebreak three seed as it is (laughs) anyways. But I I don't think I I definitely wouldn't have beat the other guy that won and – I don't even think I would have beat the other guy that lost, so possibly tied 5-5, but I'd have to look at his stats again and see where he was. But, no, it wasn't really that close. 
Yeah, shame. I was I was looking forward to beating you in the finals, but uh, I mean, I gotta get there first. The guy I'm playing, Travis, um, Tyler, he um, he scored 94 runs in two weeks. <laughs> that's just yeah, that's crazy. that's absurd. Although I don't know if you noticed, and you probably didn't, because it's the consolation rounds. But uh, one of the consolation teams, uh, Scott from Fantasy Six Pack as well, he. He hit 36 home runs in two weeks and, like, 92 RBI. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he that's, like uh, that's he tweeted me today. He's like, where has that been all year long? <laughs> yeah, that sucks when that happens. Um, so, yeah, I got to I gotta make it past a team that's apparently red hot right now, scoring 94 runs in two weeks. So, hopefully, I don't get out in the semifinals, which seems to be my MO in this league. Yeah, pretty know. much. Um, so, yeah, let's see here. So you actually emailed me your draft results from your Keeper Fantasy Football League last night. You want to give a couple uh, takes on that before we get into the rest of the content tonight? Yeah, um, so basically a little background on my league. It's It's a 10-team PPR keeper league, and the nice thing about my keepers is that they're not just your first two, three rounds like ESPN has as their standard go-to. I basically have it that if the guy is drafted uh, the previous year, you're basically keep you're keeping him at one round earlier than when he was drafted. So a, a six-round keeper or a six-round pick from the year before would be a fifth-round keeper this year sort of deal. And then if you pick a guy up that's a free agent, um, it, it varies on which late round they go uh, as your, your keepers. So it kind of rewards the, the managers that are savvy enough to either wait and draft sleeper guys later uh, or the guys that pick up like your C.J. Andersons uh, or, you know, Jeremy Hills of the league uh, as free agents. Um, and then you get to keep them as a 10th round back so I like it the, the guys in the league like it and you know it, it, it makes it pretty interesting so just some of the uh, the highlights from it um, my my three keepers were Marshawn Lynch as a seventh round pick um, Demarius Thomas as a ninth round pick and I uh, I'm the one that kept CJ Anderson as a tenth rounder this year so I kind of knew that I had, you know, three solid guys later on and was able to kind of just build up some depth with my first few picks. Um, I was picking fifth overall in the league. So first round, I was lucky enough to have Antonio Brown fall to me. So I was pretty happy about that. Picked him up there and then went uh, with Mike Evans in the second round instead of, you know, going after – well, it really was. I mean, the, the next couple picks, I didn't really like that much. I mean, Rodgers is nice, but I, I didn't really want to reach on a quarterback. Um, T.Y. Hilton was, was up on my pick list. Russell Wilson was a keeper. Uh, and then um, DeAndre Hopkins rounded out the, the second round. So I was pretty happy with getting Mike Evans back. He was a, on my team last year and a potential keeper for me too, but I decided to go with Anderson instead. Um so then my, my round three pick was a bit of a reach, probably round four as well. Um, I went with Melvin Gordon in round three um, just to try to build out that depth. And I, I kind of like like his potential and just want to see what he can do. So I knew that I wanted him and figured, well, I'm going to go ahead and grab him here and let's see what happens. Um, same thing with round four. I went with Jarvis Landry. Uh, I was going to try to get Cooper, but – he went the pick before me. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty good draft overall. And like I said, I, I had three solid, you know, top-tier guys in the later rounds. So I, I didn't really need to worry about the reaches that I, that I had on it. But we'll see how it pans out. I mean, it, it's all... It's all luck for, for the most part and then some skill thrown in. But I would have to say my best pick of the draft was my absolute last round pick, where I went after uh, Jordy Nelson and picked him up. 
Yeah, so I, I know. I was going to mention I, if you didn't mention that, I was definitely going to. In a keeper league where you keep guys for one round above where they where you got them, getting yep. Jordy Nelson in the sixteenth round is pretty savvy there. I think that's a you know because he'll be a fifteenth round pick next year. That's going to be a no brainer, in my opinion. Oh, exactly. I mean, uh, that's, next that's, year that's an easy pick. I, I was worried about you know Anderson coming into this year was was pretty much rated as like a first round pick. Um, for a lot of the, the ADPs that I saw first or, or early second. So, you know, I knew that it was it was definitely worth keeping him. But Jordy Nelson, I mean, next year when it comes around, that's that's an obvious pick, and that's why I did it, because we have one IR spot too. So I can just plop him on that IR and let him sit all year long um, as long as I don't need that IR spot and have to drop him. But... That that was my whole goal in it, and I, I was getting a little worried because the guy ahead of me picked Kevin White, um, and I was thinking maybe he was looking to do the same thing. But I don't, Kevin White's not out for the whole season, is he? He might be. He definitely might be. Okay. Uh, I, not, I couldn't remember if he be. definitely was or not. Well, um, I knew Kelvin. They don't know yet. I knew Kelvin Benjamin was, and he was kind of my other potential you know, stash guy if, if someone else decided to, to use my plan and go after Nelson. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't – we'll see what happens with Marshawn Lynch. I don't know if he's going to retire after this year or what. I mean, he kind of plays to the beat of his own drum, and, you know, it's very possible that he could just be tired of it after this year. So I know at least that I've got one solid super late-round keeper. So I was pretty happy with that. Very possible. I would even keep, uh, yeah, Nelson over. Well, what round do you have, Marshawn Lynch? How in the world Seventh. do you get Marshawn Lynch? He'll <laughs> be a sixth rounder next year. Because I picked him up Why when he was. Why did you get him? I got him in when he was in Buffalo and came back oh, out. Oh, you've had to take that long. I grabbed him yeah. as a free agent, so he was my mm-hmm. my tenth round pick. And then I've just held on to him ever since. And same thing with Demarius. I grabbed him when um, Tebow was the year that he came back from injury and had the miraculous catch from Tebow and in the playoffs against the Steelers. So that was a no-brainer for me, having Peyton Manning go there. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. And And now that Julius Thomas is out of the picture, I think that only further helps Demarius' value. He was kind of the clear-cut number one for the most part, but Sanders had a huge year last year, and and Thomas was was awesome, too, and, and snaked a lot of touchdowns, but you know, yes, Demarius he to me, was still the, he was still the guy, so you know, I was, oh, I was yeah, definitely no, happy with that. In round nine, that's, that's crazy. Some of the values yeah. here I see. Like Gronk in round ten. I mean, that's just crazy. Uh, yeah. Randall Cobb in ten, I'm noticing look at some of the other real late round yeah Cobb was a keeper pick. from my brother round 10 round 9 and round 10 were the biggest keeper rounds so Colin Kaepernick and round starting in round 9 we had Colin Kaepernick which I, yeah, yeah but I don't even know if I really um, care about that no um Demarius for yeah, me Odell Beckham yeah Ryan Tannehill yeah. and Odell Beckham and then in round 10 that was a pretty good one. He yeah, had Alfred Blue. That's pretty good. Yep. Alfred Blue, Carlos Hyde, C.J. Anderson, yeah. uh, Cam Newton, Randall Cobb, and then quite possibly the best round pick, round 10 pick of all time, Rob Gronkowski. So if you're going yeah. after Gronk yeah, in the 10th crazy. round, I mean, that was a free agent pickup, you know, three years ago, and tight end was a round 13 free agent pickup. So that's the kind of reward that you get, and that guy's going to ride him out probably his whole career. So yeah, just about you know, it, it's pretty it's pretty tight. Um, the other pick that I that yeah, I, liked I like that, it that uh, that I think you would maybe disagree with, but uh, you you tried to disagree with me on it last year, and it burns you with uh, Antonio Gates. Uh, but it I snagged him like in five round weeks, and then he did a typical boring self. Yeah. So uh the one Who guy else do you have a tight end. I I got Olsen. 
Olsen just oh. fell. But why For would some you reason, want, I, I don't why know do you why, need both of them? I got him in the sixth round. Um, which Yeah, okay, so I don't mind the Gates taking round 13, but if you're going to do that, you don't take Olsen in round six. Like, there's no reason to have both of those guys. You're never going to start Gates over Olsen, except for bye week. Well, Gates is a waste the, of pa- the caveat to that is that I have a tight end spot and a wide receiver slash tight end flex spot. So I can start both of them if I really need to. But, yeah, mm. I mean, it's... It's I would never. I would never want to. Yeah, yeah it I was don't, more of I don't a care to do that though. in a ten-person league. There's no way I'm doing that. Come on, you should know better than that. In fact, who's your normal quarterback? Yeah, Bradford. All right, take a Bridgewater. Yeah. isn't such a bad idea. All right, I'm yeah. okay with having well, two quarterbacks was, with. Yeah, I was, was going to try to go, yeah, you could take go after there, Brady, but, and then my brother snaked them right after you I have, Bradford. I think considering you have, and we need to get to our guest here soon, but just to finish up, considering you drafted Bryant in the last, in the next to last round, Martavius Bryant, and he's out for the first four weeks, and you took Nelson, who's going to have to sit on your bench the whole year, taking an yeah. extra tight end when you got Greg Olson was a was a poor choice. That could have been used yeah. for more wide receivers, I mean, there, which there I think was you desperately need. more depth, but you know someone was going to go after Gates. Actually, the guy who picked right after me in who that cares? round. But you know, I, I like Gates. I knew You're I wanted done. him, so I figured it would be it would be nice for him to come back and then plug right in on that bye week for Olsen. But yeah, we'll see how it pans out. You know, worst case, I can trade him and try to get depth somewhere else. Uh, so, I never draft thinking I'm going to trade. But moving on, let's. Uh, uh, looks like he might. Oh, I think he's back. Okay, so let's. Um, bring our guest on here to talk some NFL fantasy football preseason week three news. Um, Seth Klein from, he's an editor and writer at Razzball and he's also a writer for Fantasy Six. Um, let's bring him on here, see if this works. Hey Seth, are you? Yeah, I'm here. How's it going, guys? Hey, how's hey, it how going, man? Uh, so I don't know if you were listening in to his team there. What do you... What do you think? Yeah, I, I didn't really catch all, a lot of it there. I, I heard something about oh, Antonio okay. Gates at the end there. Yeah, I was having difficulty with my, my uh, headphones, so I'm just calling on the phone. Uh, yeah, I was having some difficulties too. Maybe maybe there's just something going on tonight. Yeah, um, I did as well. Like I said, I, I think uh, I think our, our our boy here, so-called fantasy experts, has really put the the jinx on this station from working properly. But anyway, so, um, yeah, so, so this guy here, Seth, he has passed me and then some in our FSWA league that I was in first for just about the entire year for my pitching staff as soon as I traded. I think you I traded with? Yeah, well, I yeah, I was the one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I got Samarja, it was uh, you, you. Yeah, you gave me Samarja. At least the guy I gave you, uh, Cats, got hurt because so I don't feel as bad. But he absolutely yeah. destroyed my pitching staff. But I mean, Burley's been play. doing well. He came, so. Yeah, I mean Burley's Burley. He's nothing special, but yeah, he's he's solid enough that it works. Um, but. Yeah, as soon as I got some margin, the rest of my pitching staff like called a cold, and they all suck. And I just plummeted down the the standings into third place from first, and I'm about to drop into fourth. <laughs> I'm yeah, well, so uh, well, Chen Chen had a pretty bad start today. I know, I know you have him. Uh, Chen is getting rocked. Yeah, to say the yeah, least. Yeah, he's out of the game already. So, oh god. Yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah, just fun, it's a fun league, though. Like, there's some really good owners in that league, and uh, yeah, this is a, a pretty stacked, a pretty stacked league. I saw the the roster for this league, and uh, you uh, you jumped back up in the first. I know that Mark had it for a while, so it's you, Mark Kaplan, which was last year's overall champion, wasn't it? Yeah, and I came he, in third overall last year, so I'm looking oh, to geez. avenge. Uh, yeah, he passed me, liter- or we were neck and neck going to the last day, and he preserved his, because you, you have a certain amount of starts you can make all season with starters, but in the last day, mm-hmm. 
you're allowed to go over as long as over. you haven't gone into the day. And he was able to start like six guys on the last day and, and ended up winning. But, um, yeah, I was oh, pretty geez. happy with Jake Arrieta's start last night. I, I own him in that league. So, uh, oh, wow. Miles there. Yeah, that, that'll yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, I mean, my ERA and Whipper is uh, fourth right now. Like, I'm having – I get four points out of those. Now it's a 15-team league, so I'm – what does that make it? I'm 12th. In in each of those categories, I mean that's that's pretty bad. I was up in like eleventh and tenth place at one point, and was, I've just completely just fallen apart in the pitching categories. But yeah, we've got Steve Pimentel, which I think he read for Fantasy Alarm. Am I making that up? Um, Brent Talley, George Kurtz, uh, Kyle Soap. I'm not sure if I know who that is. We've got Ian Riley from Roto Experts. Um, I'm trying to think of other names that I've heard of. Michael Rathburn, I've heard of him, and Jake Seeley. Yeah, we've got we've got some some heavy hitters in this league. I remember seeing the the lineup when it first came out. I was like, holy cow! <laughs> this is definitely the the league to be in. It got it got some chatter on Twitter for sure. Yeah, it's uh, like they say in, in World Cup soccer, it's the the round of death or the uh, league of death, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah, the group, yeah, the the group of death or whatever. Group of death, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. But you know, it's, it's unfortunate because they have. I know they've they've got like five or six different leagues, and last year they did the thing where they they had them all kind of the same, and they yeah. was all the same format, and then they did the overall champion between all the leagues. It was really like. You know, you got third out of 96 people, and Mark got first out of 96 people. I think I finished, like, 10th or something. Um, but he um, the he got set up this year, and all the leagues are different, so they can't do an overall like this. Yeah. I'm a little bummed about that, too, though. That was, I, like, I like having the overall competition. Yeah, it was, it was hard to keep track of, though, but I – you know, it was kind of fun to kind of see where you finished overall. They kind of did the same sort of thing. I don't know if you did the football league last year. On, yeah, um, I did. Yeah, so I ended up getting second place in that one. Lost to, uh, I think I beat out Kurtz, George Kurtz in the in the semis. And um, I lost to Brad Doherty, ESPN guy, um, in the yeah. finals. All because Darren McFadden just decided he, he didn't want to play in the, like. He just did nothing uh, the last week. Well, it's still destroyed. pretty impressive to make it all the way there. Yeah, that was like 120 teams or something. It was 12. It was 10, 12 team leagues. So yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was pretty shocked to see, to see myself go that far. Just to be, to be perfectly honest. But anyway, um, we'll talk some, talk some football here. So, uh, week. Week three, um, I don't know if you've caught many of the games, but who has caught your eye these last couple of weeks in the preseason? Uh, what first first couple? I'll be honest, I, I'm not watching all these games. I I, I speed through them. I'll check them out when they're replayed and they skip the commercials. I'll look at the highlights. I'll look at the box scores. I'll look at the recaps, the analysis, but. I mean, for most of these games, you really just got to watch the first quarter. That's about it. You're not you're not seeing much after that. Um, as far as this past week, uh, you know, it's the it's the tune-up. They call it the regular season dress rehearsal, and mm-hmm. most of the players will play the whole game. It's a good sort of gauge of who's going to start, who's winning the position battles. Obviously, the biggest news – well, there's two big news – quarterback news coming out of Buffalo and Washington, and I know we'll talk about Washington later, but as far as Buffalo, I mean, Tyrod Taylor looked great, uh, and so did E.J. Manuel, but they named Taylor the, court, the starting quarterback today. Rex Ryan likes him. I think he's an interesting guy for fantasy because he has the, the running ability, and we know that he could throw for 160 yards, rush for 50 maybe one rushing touchdown, and, and all of a sudden he's in the top 10, top 12 quarterback picture. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting situation there. I don't think E.J. Manuel's very good. I know Matt Castle's not very good. And I think they're going to give Taylor a chance. Does he 
stick it out all year. I don't know. But right now he's sort of a really nice sleeper to have. And actually I'm doing an uh, FSWA draft for football right now. And I joined the one that's the slow draft on NFL 10. Uh, I'm sorry, on on my fantasy league. And so I was able actually to get him as my third quarterback. It's a, it's a super flex that they sort of, offered, I guess, the same options they did for baseball. There's one that's 14 teams. There's one that's 12. There's, you know, different formats. And I said, I, I don't have time to sit there and draft. I'm just going to do a, a, an email draft. But uh, I was able to get him as my third quarterback, which I think is going to be great because you you, don't, you essentially start two. So he, he'll be uh, a nice guy to uh, have some good weeks. Uh, more quarterback situation this week. Jimmy Garoppolo, I thought, looked good. We're going to know more about Tom Brady by the end of the week, but I think there's a chance he sits at least one game. I don't know if his ban is going to be completely wiped out. Uh, Michael Vick looked good as a backup. I mean, he's never going to play unless Roethlisberger gets hurt, but uh, it's, you know, some security for Pittsburgh fans. Uh, I thought that Blake Bortles looked very, very good. He's been slowly improving, wasn't quite there last year, and, you know, still on a bad team, but – uh, could could be a serviceable uh, second quarterback in a two-quarterback league. Uh, other guys I saw that look good, everyone's talking about Zenner already. We probably don't have to talk about it. Everyone knows about Zach Zenner by now. I don't know how much he's going to be effective now that they've activated Joy Bell, but an interesting story there. I felt like Jarvis Landry looked great with Ryan Tannehill, just like he did last year, and now they're talking about mm-hmm. Kenny Stills moving down the depth chart uh, I don't know how long that lasts, but Landry looks like the favorite target there, and he and he's a, a, a receptions hog. He, he's not going to get 100 yards every game, but um, he's a first-down guy. He gets all the first-downs, possession guy. I love him. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> Martin, I, Doug Martin from uh, Tampa Bay, he's been impressing all preseason, slowly moving up those draft boards. Zach Stacey looked good yesterday. I don't know how much he's going to actually play during the regular season or if he's going to be fancy relevant, but I think the big story there is that uh, uh, Stephen Ridley's not ready, and he may not be, and they may end up cutting him because Chris Ivey's looked amazing. Stacy's looking good. They don't need a third, another third slow kind of uh, running back in there. And uh, Tyler Lockett uh, from Seattle, uh, he may not get all the playing time we want, but he looked great running back kicks and explosive, and he, he may be on some uh, trick plays on offense and end-around stuff like that. He's certainly got to watch, definitely for Dynasty Leagues. Uh, he's the rookie out of Kansas State. Those are some of the guys yeah. that impressed me. I have some guys that didn't impress, but who who, who impressed you? Uh, I definitely I definitely like Lockett. I, Lockett seems like one of those guys that deep into the playoff run, he's going to make a huge play in the playoffs for Seattle, like – break the game wide open or something. You know, this is going to be like nobody and nobody's going to know who he is because he hasn't done anything all year but return kicks and that he's just going to make this crazy play. I absolutely love that kid. I um, think he's going to do great things, but unfortunately he's just not going to get a whole lot of chance here. Um, I, you kind of you stole my guys. I guess some, some sleeper guys that I'm sort of liking here is – is Matt Matt Jones for the Redskins? He's looked phenomenal um, in his limited amount of playing time. Not really sure what they're going to do here because Morris Morris struggles without RG three, and that can jump into our next topic. But um, and so that'll be an interesting situation there uh, if if Matt Jones gets some more playing time. I know uh, AJ our co-host here will like the next one, but Sam Bradford has looked has looked great. Um, that scares me as a Redskins fan, and the fact that the Eagles might actually be a better team without LaShawn McCoy and Jeremy Macklin somehow, um, that's that's going to be an interesting one to watch. Um, yeah, I, uh, AJ, you guys... How you doing, AJ? Uh, yeah, I, I, they've looked amazing this preseason. I mean, I know it's preseason, and you can't really put too much stock in it, but you got to pay attention to what they're doing too. I mean, it, it is pretty, pretty ridiculous to see how much they've been scoring and their defense is, is playing well. And like you said, Bradford's been 
on fire. Uh, I mean, I don't. I hope. I hope he stays healthy. I mean, he he deserves to be. He's you know he's had such a tough go as it is in the league so far. So um, I want to see him succeed, not just because I'm an Eagles fan, but because I'm a football fan. Um, but I think the entire Eagles staff has looked really good so far this year. Um, I, I myself haven't caught up with a, a lot of the preseason stuff myself either, so I got to get get back into it. I, I'm kind of picking and choosing little spots to to watch here and there, but um, sticking yeah, my quarterback. It's hard I'm, to catch all these games. <laughs> oh yeah, there's there's so many of them, and you know they're all four days, uh, you know, across the weekend and everything. So, um, but I, I got to. Got to give some uh, some hokey ups to to our boy Tyrod for for locking down the starting position in Buffalo. Kind of had a feeling that you know, given the right position, that he he could succeed in this league, and he never really got that in Baltimore. Uh, I liked having him here. Um, I thought he was a solid backup to Flacco, possibly better than Flacco to be honest with you, but. Um, you know, he's never started an actual game in his career, so we'll see how it, how it pans out. But I think he's got a pretty good system up there in, in Buffalo to, to work with and some, some solid young talent around him. Um, so I'm excited to see what he can do as well. Um, but some of, who, who are some of the guys that, that you don't like as much so far? Uh who I don't like, I, you mentioned Alfred Moore. Well, you mentioned Matt Jones, and, and you know, congruently, I, I don't like Alfred Morris. I mean, I I think he's not a bad value in the middle rounds where he – or not the middle rounds, but like the mid-early mid-rounds where he's been going. Um, but it's going to drop a little bit. He's, he's in a walk season, so they have, really have no reason to play him if – they plan on letting him go and, and Jones has been impressive and I see no reason why they're not going to slowly start to make Jones that, that top guy. So Morris could lose some touches. We know that he's never been a good receiver out of the backfield. And like you mentioned, he's a different running back without RG three there. Uh, <clears throat> I also was very unimpressed with Buck Allen. He, he really hasn't, uh, Lorenzo Taliaferro went down a couple weeks ago, and he hasn't been. He's just going to be the number two guy by default, but he hasn't impressed at all. He he missed a couple catches yesterday. Uh, he ran, I think, 24 yards and 12 carries. I think that people are getting overly excited about these rookies because of last season, and I and I and I think that rookies are going to be getting better as years go on, and they're going to make more of an impact in the first year, but that last season more so the receiver is was sort of an anomaly and, and everyone's expecting these guys to come out and have these amazing seasons and I just don't think that it's necessarily necessarily gonna happen. You can't just have ten rookies every year with uh you know top four round uh value. And I think we're getting towards the end of the draft so it's sort of a moot point at this time, but I was seeing guys like Aguilar and uh, uh, Doyle Green Beckham and uh, <clears throat> Perriman, all these guys going very early in drafts a month ago. And if you look at them all now, they're you know they're they're not they're not the top options in their offense. They're hurt or they've been reported to be not learning the plays well or whatever it may be. Devontae Parker is hurt; he hasn't practiced yet. All these guys that are dandies, uh, draft dandies for people. I mean, I, I'll take the more dependable players. I'll take the Larry Fitzgeralds. I'll take the Kendall Wright. All, all these players that I know what they can produce, they may not put up amazing points every game, but I know they're going to play. I know they're going to get in the game, and I'm not worried about coaches benching them because of immaturity or anything like that. Uh, a couple more things I noticed as far as guys that didn't impress me. Another rookie is Melvin Gordon. He's just looked awful in the preseason. Can't, doesn't pass football, pass block well, hasn't been running the ball well. I, I know they're sort of pushing for him to be this featured back, and, and I think he eventually will be. But right now, I mean, Woodhead's look great. Oliver's look great. And I know they're maybe not every down guys. They're more pass-catching guys. But I, I don't see Gordon making an impact immediately. 
the same thing in Atlanta, their running back situation. It's just a disaster. I'm not touching Devonta Freeman or Tevin Coleman right now. That's a, Freeman hasn't even practiced or played. Coleman doesn't look good. Their running game, ha- that, the running game in Atlanta hasn't been good for years, and they have a bad offensive line. I, I don't like that situation at all. Jimmy Graham is, is the last guy I'm going to talk about. He just People are drafting him in the third, fourth round, and that's just insane. Um, he's not going to put numbers up anywhere close to what he did in New Orleans. This is not a passing team. He's going to get in uh, red zone looks for sure, but he's not going to be having 140-yard, eight-catch, two-touchdown games like he did in New Orleans. And for me, I mean, that's way overpaying if you're, if you're drafting him in the early rounds. Uh, I, I avoid drafting tight ends anyway. Gronkowski is not I, – I have 16 or 17 teams. I don't own him anywhere. I don't own Graham anywhere. I don't own Kelsey anywhere. I, I don't just – I just don't take tight ends that early. But if you are, uh, I, I'd be avoiding Graham because that ADP is just not not favorable to him. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more there. That's I you know, I've been saying it all all off season and people fight me on it and I just yeah, I mean, you're not gonna go from a team that passes six hundred plus times to a team that passes four hundred and fifty times and have the same stats. I mean, everybody's like, Oh, he's gonna be a big red zone threat. So what could he do? He's gonna catch two passes for twenty yards and a touchdown. That's like that's still a good game for a tight end, but is that worth second, third, you know, even fourth round? No. And so I couldn't agree with you more. Another, a couple of the other guys that that I want to mention here, that are that are going, you know, mid round. That I just want nothing to do with are guys like Isaiah Crowell and like the Duke Johnsons. And I mean, you you know, you mentioned the Atlanta backfield. This is another one that I want nothing to do with. They're talking about possibly bringing in Ray Rice. They're, you know, uh, they don't know what to do. None of these guys are proven that they can carry the load. Don't go near it if you don't have to. Devin Funches, um, you know, he shot up the draft boards as soon as Kelvin Benjamin went out, but he's now nursing uh, another hamstring injury. Hasn't really done a whole lot even when he has been healthy. I'm just not I'm not buying into it. Uh, Marcus Wheaton, he's I, – I like him, but I think because of the news of – Martavius Bryant being suspended and that he had already passed him on the draft board, he's gone a little too high. Marcus Wheaton has been disappointed big time last year. Um, I'm not really, you know, he's going in wide receiver three range right now. I just, I don't, I don't think, you know, like you, you mentioned Larry Fitzgerald. I would much rather have Larry Fitzgerald. He may, he may lack the upside, but, you know, he's consistent, and that's another thing that, you know, we've mentioned before on this show plenty of times is just consistency. You know, that can win you weeks more than having all the outside guys that can just, you know, be huge busts all at the same time for you. So you need consistent guys to mix in with those outside guys to be good, and that's how you're going to win your league. AJ, you got anybody to add in? Uh, as far as guys I don't like, I'm kind of disappointed to hear about Gordon, but granted, I haven't really kept up with him much. He was just someone that I kind of targeted early on, and uh, like I said earlier, I kind of reached in for him in, in my draft just because he was there, and, and I already had C.J. Anderson and Marshawn Lynch as later picks. Um, but I, I have that cushion with them. But, yeah, in, in a regular draft where you don't have that luxury, I, I can see a lot of these rookies – you know, it's the same thing every year with them. They they come up and there's a few that that get there and they they jump out and you know help your teams out. But I, I'm trying to stay away from more of them. Um, some of the other guys, I, I just you know like tight ends. There's there's been a lot of hype on some of these these tight ends out there, uh, like your your Larry Donnell. Um, I do like him, but there's guys I'd rather have ahead of him. Um, you know, Austin Safarian Jenkins is is a name that seems to be thrown out there a lot, like moving up boards and and a potential sleeper pick. Um, you know, I, I just don't know much about the guy, so I, I try to stick with the known quantities for tight ends. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. New Orleans uh, receivers, 
I'm kind of trying to stay away from them as well, um, and Drew Brees for that matter. Uh, I mean, Brees is Brees. I still think he'll have a, a solid year, but taking Jimmy Graham away from him is is a huge loss for that offense. I mean, that that was such a big stopgap for him. Um, I mean, I think it, it you can look at it in the sense that you'll have more targets to go around to some of these other receivers and everything like that. So maybe their production will increase overall, but it's just kind of a messy situation for me. I'm I'm not too excited about about their their offensive uh, firepower this year. Yeah, I mean, I think Cooks could be good in a PPR league for sure, but other than that, I'm kind of staying away. I mean, Colson's got some value because he's going, you know, depending on the draft, he's going you know, wide receiver three, flex range, which is, is yeah. I think, really good value for him, and he could have a lot of upside considering Graham's missing. But, yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with you. I'm kind of downgrading the, the Saints offense as a whole this year. I mean, they've lost a lot of weapons the last couple of years. Uh, and especially this last year with Stills and, of course, for Jeremy, Jeremy Graham, who you mentioned. <clears throat> but, all right, moving on. So, roster cut tragedies have already hit, and I'm sure we're going to get more of these surprises that seem to happen every year. But Fred Jackson, the guy who never seems to get old, was finally cut by the Bills, and I don't know why I'm saying finally cut. I mean, the guy's been productive for them, so I'm actually kind of surprised to see this one, um, considering that McCoy has been injured this preseason, so they must really think that he's going to be coming back full, fully healthy. What's, what's your take on that, Seth? Yeah, that, that's the thing I take the most out of it, is that by cutting him, I think they're sure that McCoy's hamstring is going to be ready for, for week one. He he hasn't played yet, and that was, the, that was up in air sort of week one. Rex Ryan was being pretty ambiguous about the situation, but cutting Jackson, who had been running as the number two, uh, basically tells us Shady's ready. Um, you know, it, Jackson's a, been a fun guy to watch. He's a great story. Played, I, I believe he he played in the CFL a little bit, or he came out of a college in Canada, um, started his career a little bit late, has been a, a great player for years. Uh, he may find himself on another team. I know the Patriots were showing maybe a little interest, but he, he may have played his last down. He, he did say he would like to retire a bill, whether that means he retires now or he plays another year and they sign him a one-day deal so he can retire a bill. That may be it but I don't think he has any fantasy value anymore. I think the fantasy value he was going to have was going to be with the Bills if either McCoy didn't play or they used him sort of as a pass-catching back, which they've, they've done in the last few years. I think this also gives value to Carlos Williams, their fifth-round draft pick. He he is the number two guy now and would step in if, if McCoy's uh, hamstring acts up again. So he's a guy to keep, keep your eye on. But if McCoy's healthy, I, I don't really see anyone else getting – enough carries to warrant rostering and unless you're in a really, really deep league. Yeah, I think that's going to help out his value. Like, you know, I kind of had him slid into that mid-second round. I might might slide him up to the top of the second round, almost bottom first round now. Like, I might slide him right into the, right there where I used to have C.J. Anderson. Um, you know, if he's going to be the only guy there, that was kind of the worry that, you know, and that's what always hindered Spiller was, Fred Jackson was always there to take carries and touches away. And I don't, I honestly don't know a lot about the the backup. Um, but my feeling is kind of with you is that it's going to be the McCoy show for sure. Uh, especially with Tyrod there, they're going to want to protect him and run the ball. I think as much as, as much as I'm, you know, a Hokie fan and, and go Tyrod, uh, I think, I think uh, you know you're going to want to protect a, a young, inexperienced quarterback like that with a with a solid running game, or you know screen passes and things like that. And McCoy excels at that, so that's going to be that's going to be really good for his value. <clears throat> so the other uh, the other the NFL team I root for here, the Redskins, and we kind of touched on this a little bit, but it's such a, in my opinion, they've just become a joke of a of a franchise <laughs> and this RG3 situation has just come 
it seems like it's finally ending at least. But now it's Kirk Cousins' time. Does he have any value? Is he worth drafting in your mind? No, I, I mean, no, not not in not in normal twelve team leagues. I mean, your time for me, I I in in, in standard twelve teams, I, I don't draft a second quarterback. Um, if you're in a two QB league, yeah, sure, grab a solid guy early, load up your other positions, and grab him later on. But he wasn't very good last year, and no, he, he had his <laughs> <laughs> he had his moments the previous year, but uh, was not good last year. And it's just, I, the Redskins are a bad team, and I, I don't think he's going he's going to be a great fantasy guy. Sure, bye week fill in, yeah, definitely, but I wouldn't be drafting him unless it's a, a really really deep league or you know you're talking about fourteen sixteen teams where you almost have to draft a second quarterback because there are none on the waiver wire. Yeah, unfortunately, I have to agree with you. I didn't even, you know, I thought after hearing early, you know, spring camp reports that RG3 was looking good, I thought I thought he might have a chance, and then he just looked like his typical full of himself quarterback, and uh, he's just he's just bad, but. Yeah, Cousins isn't going to be very good either. I mean, I don't think I don't I don't think the Redskins have their starting quarterback on their roster for the the future, and that's unfortunate because it's going to be a very bad year. I'm just thankful I have NFL Red Zone, and I can watch that instead of the Redskins <laughs> on TV. <laughs> but isn't isn't RG three like the best quarterback of all time or whatever? I I mean I don't see why Who you're you are saying that you, that you don't have the uh, the the faith in your team for this year. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, love I love watching the Redskins <laughs> falter and fail every year. It's just enjoyable. Yeah. But uh I'm sure it is. I'm right. sure it is. So moving moving on to another uh another injury woe. Uh, Julius Thomas looks like he's out for four to five weeks now. Uh, what's your what's your take on that injury time frame, and is that affecting how you're drafting him in in your leagues? Yeah, it is. Um, I I drafted. I, he was sort of a guy I was targeting. I've been doing drafts for a couple months now, and he was a guy I was targeting early on. But once he injured himself, I I wouldn't touch him. Glad I didn't. Um, I think I own him in a couple of those best ball leagues. But other than that, lucky enough not to have him. I'm actually lucky enough, really, to have avoided most of these injuries. I, I have Benjamin on one team, uh, Nelson on a couple teams. And, and one of the teams I have Nelson, I also have Benjamin. It's one of these $10 My Fantasy League uh, teams. So it's almost like, okay, I can just not worry about this team anymore. At least it happened on the same team, you know, sort of eliminate that team. I didn't draft Foster anywhere. Um, so I, I've sort of been able to avoid that. I do have Thomas on a couple of teams, but I'm not drafting. I, look, tight end, we already talked about. It's sort of a position you can you can grab guys late in the scheme of things. Drafting a guy like Tyler Efert or Kobe Fleener or someone like that six rounds after where Thomas is going really isn't going to mean a whole lot in the overall total points you're going to get. And I, I prefer healthy players over hurt ones and certainly a, a tight end on a bad team. No reason for me to draft him at all unless he's available in the last round or something like that and say, Hey, what, what the hell, you know, but uh, it, four to five weeks is a good chunk of the season when you find my fantasy. Um, and they're saying it could be on the lower end, but I'm just I'm just surprised that they didn't address this earlier. He hurt himself a few weeks ago, and I, I'm guessing they probably want to manage it conservatively at first, see if it would it would heal and all that. But um, they sort of I think blew it a little bit. They they could have managed it for a week, ten days, said let's investigate this again, and then maybe offer surgery. But now 
a week before the season they're getting surgery. I mean, I, I don't know. I just think it's poor planning and poor uh, player management and, and injury management by, by the Jaguars, especially with the amount of money they spent on this guy. And so they, they really can't afford to have him sitting for uh, a, quarter, a quarter of the season. Yeah, I I wasn't touching him anyway. I mean, going to the Jaguars, you know, everybody's looking at last year's stats and thinking, yeah, there might be a, you know, I think everybody was thinking there's going to be a slight decrease in stats, but I think there's going to be a very big decrease in stats here. He's he's going to lose a ton of value. I mean, a lot of his value came from touchdowns anyway. He had 12 last year in, what, 8, 10 games, something crazy like that. Um, you take away those, you know, even half the touchdowns, and his value just plummets. And it's possible that he gets even less than half those touchdowns, um, even if he was going to play a full season. I mean, the Jaguars look better this year, but I don't. I still don't think they're going to be a juggernaut offense by any means. It's going to be slow going for Julius Thomas. Another injury that we are now having to deal with, so you, you mentioned uh, Jordy Nelson over there. And his counterpart, Randall Cobb, he now, um, I think the news finally came out yesterday that the MRI revealed a sprained AC joint in the shoulder. So good news, bad news. I mean, he is injured. They're not sure about week one, but it's not a broken collar bone. So I guess that's a good news. Um, are, are you going to go, are you still drafting Randall Cobb this you know, first, second round, or probably second round if you're drafting today? Uh, no, I, I think he drops a little bit. I think he, he's going to get into more of the third third round, maybe fourth. Again, I'm I'm sort of risk-adverse when it comes to drafting. I, I, I hate drafting injured players. I don't – I'll draft a rookie here and there, upside guy, but you're not going to see me overextending myself for overhyped sleepers type. We talked about this a few minutes ago. I'll take the safer play. And when you're talking about Cobb in the second round, I'll take Alshon Jeffrey over him. Um, I'll take DeAndre Hopkins over him at this point. I don't think he slides a ton, but I do think he's going to miss at least a week, maybe two or three, whether or not, mm-hmm. You, you think you can manage that? It's fine. If you go out in the first round and you draft Demarius Thomas or uh, Julio Jones or someone like that, yeah, sure. I mean, I think you can s- sort of afford to draft him in the second round or third round because at least you know you have one more solid wide receiver there. But certainly I wouldn't go and draft a running back in the first round, then draft Cobb, and then you're, you know, you're, you're looking at a second tier, third tier wide, uh, wide receiver is your wide receiver one next time around. And then you're sort of forced to almost go two wide receivers, which puts you in the hole running back wise. So it's a tough situation. If you drafted them already, there's nothing you can do. Hope for the best. Like you said, best case scenario was not fractured. AC joint uh, sprain is not a good injury, but he'll be back in, time and, and I think that's what you just kind of got to hope for yeah I kind of agree um, although I don't know depending on the situation I think you know I, I still might reach Cobb, reach for Cobb especially in PVR leagues I, I do like the guy a lot and without Jordy there I mean even missing a week or two he could still easily be a top 10 receiver so I, I still might reach for him uh, and just kind of manage the first couple of weeks it's kind of it's kind of like the same lines of, of taking a, a lady on Bell early on. You know, I'm I'm worth, I'm I'm willing to take the risk, um, if if it means, you know, you you have one of the best players down the stretch, and that's when it matters. There's too many times I've been beat by the guy that that picks up and picks up a player late in the season and and rides into the to the finals. Some guy in one of my leagues last year just you know he picked up Odell Beckham and. Beckham obviously killed it down the stretch, and he also had Le'Veon Bell, and he just rode those two to the championship. So, you know, get, just get to the just get to the playoffs, and, and sometimes you can be okay. You don't have to be the best team all year. Exactly. But I want to just touch on some other some other injuries. Just three three real quick here, and you can give your you know your opinion on any of them. Ty Hilton suffered concussion. Uh, Funches, I think we touched on that one. He, he's got the hammy again. 
I don't know if I'm going anywhere near him at this point. And then the Steelers, there must be something in the water over there. They can't keep kickers healthy. Uh, Hartley's done now, and, and they traded for Josh Scobie, who was at the bottom of my kicker rankings and moved up quite a bit now that, now that he's in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, so. he's certainly moved up a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, kickers or kickers. No, kickers are kicker. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, kickers are kicker. I just thought it was interesting. Maybe two gone weeks, through two in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In fan, I mean, real life they're important, but in fantasy, I don't even know why people still use them. I, in the leagues I commission, I've eliminated the kicker position for a couple of years now. It's, I don't know. It, it's just no fun. <laughs> you draft the guy the, everyone drafts him in the last round. <laughs> Yeah, you draft him in the last round, and then you drop him three weeks later, and it. what's the point? Let's just add an extra flex spot, an extra wide receiver, extra bench. That's the way I see it. It's, 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 and there's it's really no way to predict. The, the good kickers, the, the kickers on good teams only get extra points because they're scoring. So the kickers on bad teams, they get the field goals, and then, you know, it, it's just silly. The team will score 40, 48 points, and you'll get – uh, eight eight points out of the kicker because uh, of uh, all extra points, and um, especially this year now with the new rule, team teams are going to be going for two a lot. It makes them even less valuable. So I, I try not to talk too much about kickers, but yeah, it's rough break for Pittsburgh uh, with uh, Swisham hurting himself on a, a kickoff return. But it it really uh, all we've been talking about today is injuries, and and it really points to the fact that look, it's these preseason games are just silly. Their players are getting injured, but you also have to put on the coaches. Why was Randall Cobb playing with Brett Hundley of all people in the third preseason game? Why was T.Y. Hilton playing with Andrew Luck? And I mean, these are wide receiver, wide receiver, quarterback combinations that don't need any more reps together. And and so yeah, I put the blame on coaches. Complain all you want about preseason games, but then you're going to put out your players so that it's sort of a, a, a double-edged sword there. Like don't preach the NFL's ways with trying to make more money off these preseason games and then put your players out there in harm's way. So yeah, it's just silly. Yeah. It's, it's a tough, it's, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to, you know, really respond to that. Cause it's, I mean, at one point I agree with you, but another, I mean, like they, you know, they do need some sort of game reps. But yeah, the Cobb out there with Brent Hundley was kind of a weird one. I mean, if you're not going to play Aaron Rodgers, why play Cobb? You know, you just lost yeah. Nelson. I thought you were more worried about losing your receivers than you were. Yeah, that just yeah, that weird. was that was just very strange. I didn't get that. I, I I do think there should be a preseason, like you said, they need practice, but two games is fine. You you have enough guys getting hurt in OTAs, training camp, practice every day, let alone playing full-on pads against other teams who don't care if they hurt them. Uh, two games is right. fine. Uh, you don't need a month-long preseason. That's just too much. Yeah, it gets boring. <laughs> but yeah, so... Um... To finish up here, so the last thing I want to talk about is probably one of the more interesting situations, this whole Dallas Cowboy running back situation. For a while there, you know, we all thought that Joseph Randall was was going to be the guy and he was going to get all the carries. McFadden was hurt. Who knew if he was even going to make the roster at one point? And now he's back and healthy and, you know, looked good. Of course, he did behind the Dallas offensive line. And now they're talking about full-blown committee. And I, you know, I had moved Randall up. My my rank is pretty good, and now I've kind of put the two a lot closer together. Randall's still still higher up. So what what are you doing with that situation, if anything? It's a situation I'm I'm avoiding again. I it, I I try not to grab guys that I don't know what their outlook is, and and with higher upside guys and drafts rookie flyers, stuff like that. The only thing they have is potential upside. They don't have if they don't produce in the first few weeks, you drop them. But using an early pick on a running back that you know is splitting carries with another one, that's just not a smart move in my opinion. I, I'm not a just Randall fan 
regardless. I I just don't think he's going to be anywhere. Cl- people are expecting him, oh, well, DeMarco Murray ran behind this great Cowboys line. Anybody can have a 1,200-yard rushing season behind the Cowboys line. Now, I, they do have a great offensive line, but Joseph Mur- uh, Randall isn't anywhere near the level of talent that DeMarco Murray is, and now you bring in McFadden in the mix. It's it's a bungled backfield, and sure they're going to have good games. They're going to it's a good offense and a good line. But as far from a fantasy point of view, I don't really want to touch them. Uh, Randall right now is in my rankings. I have my rankings on FantasyPros.com, and I have him as the 28th running back. I have uh, McFadden as the 44th running back. I'd almost rather gamble on McFadden, you know, three, four rounds later than draft Randall where he's going right now. Yeah, I don't know. I just tinkered with my rankings the other the other morning. I don't know where I put Randall, but I haven't updated it since I heard about this uh, committee news. But yeah, it I've definitely I've definitely been kind of down on Randall compared to a lot of a lot of experts. Um my rankings will not pull up of course when I need them. But uh let's see here. Where do I I have Randall 22nd, so fairly close to where you have him and I've got Darren McFadden 41. So we're pretty close. Um I've got him a, yeah. a shade higher than you. So yeah, we I think we're both in the same boat there. Um you know, not really buying into it. It's going to be more of a a timeshare than I think either one of us like, and we're both staying away from that. So, um, yeah, it's 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 going to be an interesting, an interesting situation. But I mean, come on, you don't buy into to Randall saying, you know, uh, Murray left left meat on the bone last year, right? I mean, he, he's got to be better. You can't say that without without being better, right? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't pick the last part. <laughs> I was saying, Randall, Randall, Randall uh, said Murray left meat on the bone last year. He's got to be better. You can't, you can't say that without right. being a better running back, right? <laughs> right. Well, right. And yeah, he'll, he'll. Right now, I'll give him one thing. He, he is number. If I have a league where I draft uh, my all shoplifters team, Joseph Randall will be <laughs> my number one pick. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right, well, that's all we had for today. Um, thank you for coming on. Uh, you want to tell all the listeners where they can find you? Yeah, and uh, first of all, thanks for having me. Excellent show. Really excited to get into football, and I've been doing a lot of baseball and basketball podcasts. Nice to talk in a little pizkin. Uh You can find me, first of all, on Twitter at Seth Da Sportsman, S-E-T-H-D-A-S-P-O-R-T-S-M-A-N. I'm literally on there 24-7. I don't sleep. Uh, people make fun of me. I just literally, I don't sleep. And so I'll answer all your questions. I, I answer all of them. Follow me on there. I am also the editor at rotowriters.com. Check us out. We're a newer site, but delivering great, great content, uh, articles every day, football, baseball, basketball, UFC, PGA, uh, all daily fantasy advice follow us there as well and I am also a writer at the fantasyfix.com and rasball.com so check out all my work there and follow all those sites and again uh, really appreciate you having me on and um, look forward to this next month of our FSWA league and uh, the, the battle going down to the wire yeah hopefully I can make some noise again I'm, I'm kind of losing kind of losing ground here, but uh hopefully my pitching staff comes around and makes it interesting again. It was definitely fun when we were all trading places for it was like every minute somebody else was in first place, so it was kind of fun to watch but anyway, so yeah, thanks for coming on. We will definitely have to do it again yeah thanks all right have a good one. All right, so that is all the show we have for today. Uh, AJ, you will be you will be uh, glad to know that I did not get my 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 sounds loaded into the so-called fancy expert air, uh, studio. So no no Twitter. Um, 
Man, <laughs> come on. No, I know. So uh, hopefully by this time next week, there will be an extra Apple Garth uh, uh, in this world. And uh, so good luck to you and to you and the missus. Uh, yeah, this, hopefully this that's what and we're uh, hopefully that's what we're pulling for. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, yeah, after tomorrow yeah. could could be good. Got one more draft to do, and then uh, then I'm kind of free and clear. So <laughs> get that yeah, out of the way, and then uh, then then she can get here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, that's all the show we have for today, and um, see you all next week. Oh, it'll actually be on Tuesdays as well. (laughs) Yeah, starting next week will be Tuesday. Yeah. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh oh oh! O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh oh oh! O'Reilly. Auto Parts